So I compare dating with recruitment quite a lot because there's quite a lot of similarities. Dating is just like the interviewing, your Tinder profile is your CV, your cover letter, and it's about making them pop to be able to attract the right kind of company, i.e. the right kind of person that you want in the dating scene. It's not just about being everything to everyone. Welcome, everybody, to The Future is Remote, the show where we talk about the future of work and particularly remote work. My name is Kenneth Hellum, the self-proclaimed remote evangelist. And today in the studio, I have the founder of Remote Rebellion, Michelle Cowson. Welcome to the show. Hello. Nice to be here. Great to have you, Michelle. You have a very exciting story and you're in a very exciting location. For the listeners, like I said, Michelle is the founder of Remote Rebellion. She's worked as a recruiter for eight years. Most of that in London, but recently relocated to Bali. Is that correct? It is. Yeah, I I came here last April 2021 for two months, and I'm here 18 months later. I'm sure I'm not the only one saying I'm super envious. <laughs> no, you're not. And it's um, I can't complain. It's pretty good here. <laughs> so tell me the story. Eight years as a recruiter in London, and then you just like ripped up your life and went traveling? Or, or what's your story? Yeah, I mean, there's a longer and a shorter version. I'll try and find something in the middle. I've always been, I've always loved traveling and I was working in travel. I studied tourism at university, mainly to get a degree. I didn't actually want to start working. So I thought, what can I do that's easy? I'll do a tourism degree. And then I worked for, in the travel industry for a little while. And then I was getting a bit older and figured, okay, I need to get a, you know, air quotes, proper job. So I fell into recruitment and ended up doing pretty well. I enjoyed it. The money was good. And I sold out somewhat and 21 year old me would have said. And I, yeah, I ended up working in an office job nine to five in London. And it was interesting because I started out in agency recruitment and then moved into internal. And moving into that internal role sort of rekindled, you know, more freedom a little bit. I was able to implement a remote work policy back in 2017 before it was a thing. I really nagged and pushed and bothered everyone in order to get that implemented. The most that my manager would allow was that we had to come into the office every Friday for cultural, for company cultural reasons. So hold on, that was back in 2017 and yes. you only had to go to the office one day per week. Yes, after a lot of fighting. <laughs> I mean, for the remote community back then, which was non-existent, that must have been great, no? Yes, it was. But there was a certain element of, yes, you only have to come in one day a week, but there's an expectation you would come in a little bit more. And the consequences, as we've all felt, if there is a requirement to come in at any point, that means you're not free to move around. You still have to be close to the office. Exactly. And I had a motorhome at the time. I went through like a, I, I went through a crazy time in my life. I had a big breakup and decided to buy a motorhome and I wanted to travel around Europe and I couldn't because I had that one day a week in the office and then COVID hit. So we, we were all working remotely. I was lucky enough to keep my job, but that kind of spiraled on to, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Bali for a couple of months. I'm going to work remotely until they call us back into the office. And yeah. then the night before my flight, I got a message from the doctor because the doctors message you on WhatsApp here. And, and they said that you got COVID, so I couldn't fly home and rejoin the workforce. So I saw it as a sign and I quit my job and a month or two later set up Remote Rebellion. And yeah, here we are. Awesome. So what is Remote Rebellion? I love the name, by the way. What, what is it you guys do? So first of all, the name actually came around from an idea of someone I was interviewing in the Nomad community. And 
he was getting really, yeah, a little bit frustrated and a little bit angry. And he's like, I see this as some kind of revolution. I, you know, companies are really trying to call us back into the office, even though we've been doing fine for the past year working remotely. <laughs> and it's like spiraled. And I'm somewhat of a bit of a rebel myself. I don't like to follow the rules. So it just, it all tied in quite nicely. <laughs> Fight the power. We're not going back. Yeah, we're going against the rules, against the man, whoever the man is. So yeah, that was all tied in quite nicely. Lo- love the name. But what is it you do? <laughs> So I use my recruitment expertise, flipping it on its head. Instead of helping companies to hire people, I'm helping people to find remote jobs. And that is not just any remote job. The majority of people I speak with, they can go and find any job themselves. They're not stupid. They've got a good skill set. They're intelligent. They're smart. They're switched on. They know stuff. They're not people who are like, how do I do this? How do I write an application? But they want to find something with purpose. They want to find something with meaning and something that's genuinely fully remote. Some people only need remote from their own country. That's fine. They have no plans to go anywhere. Some people really only want remote from their own home because they have a disability or they're not able to go to the office. They get severe anxiety. And then on the other side, people want to be completely nomadic and want the freedom to be able to choose where they work from. So I help them on a whole host of things, whether that's where to find the remote jobs, how to apply effectively, how to get interviews and interview properly so that they get noticed and how to negotiate around the salary and negotiation side of it as well. Like I'm summarizing in a really like wide variety of ways here, but we go into depth and in, into those together as part of the remote job academy program. This is amazing. I wish I would have known of this two months ago when I started my journey because I was feeling lost. I had no idea what I wanted to do the next time I grow up. I didn't have a sense of meaning. I didn't have a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wanted to work remote, but I didn't know how. I sent off a couple of applications into black holes. I never heard back. Yep. Having had access to your expertise at that point would have been amazing. I always think everything happens for a reason. So the fact that you didn't have that led you on to doing this. Maybe it's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, no, I've personally had an amazing experience with my 50 virtual coffees, meeting the people, (laughs) uh, talking about remote. So my journey has been great. But but having access to that skill set, I think, would have been powerful. How do people find you if they need your help? So remoterebellion.com is is a website. And on LinkedIn, I share weekly fully remote jobs in a newsletter and in there there's also tips so I compare dating with recruitment quite a lot because there's quite a lot of similarities um so there's a few articles where I'll make the comparison essentially like dating is just like the interviewing your 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 tinder profile is your cv your cover letter and it's about making them pop to be able to to attract the right kind of company i.e the right kind of person that you want in the dating scene it's not just about being everything to everyone so a tinder for remote work (laughs) Are, are you yeah. building that? Is anybody building that? No, but that's an idea. <laughs> Nobody steal this, whoever's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's too late, Michelle. The, the idea is out of the box. So we've all applied for in-person office jobs. How is applying for a remote job any different? Good question. It's not necessarily applying for a remote job that's different. It's about finding a company that matches with your values and yeah a lot of people feel like they have to kiss ass when they're interviewing saying no this is the only company and the only role I want to do and you're the best and I only want to work for you don't you just have to be authentic and genuine in matching with those values and typically if anyone has listened to this and anyone's looking for a remote job there's a reason for it it's not just because it's a new trend 
I genuinely want to live a life with more freedom and flexibility. So finding an organization that understands that and respects that and isn't going to ask you to come in one day a week and just change the policy is super important because that could change your whole, not just your whole mood, your whole life. Like working remotely is enabled. I lived in London. I can't surf every day in London. So <laughs> it will be pretty difficult. <laughs> so it's changed my whole life because I'm doing something I really enjoy in my downtime. It doesn't mean I'm sat on the beach sipping a coconut in a hammock every day, which I, would, I thought I was going to be doing. That's what everybody <laughs> thinks, right? Yeah, they really do. <laughs> exactly. It's about what do I enjoy doing? So one of the first calls I have with all of my clients and we have a deep dive into what is it you enjoy? What do you want to do? What are your strengths? You know, it's not just strengths and weaknesses. A lot of people struggle to come up with their interests. I spoke to one guy and I said, what do you like doing? And he said, oh, I really like traveling. I was like, okay, any, anything else? And he was just really stumped. He couldn't think of anything. I said to him, I was like, there's a guitar in the background. Do you play guitar? Is it? Oh, I've forgotten. And it was so sad. He'd like, he was like a shell of the person. I knew him back 10 years ago. And he was like a shell of the person that I knew because he just lost his passion for things because work had been the be all and end all. And he had to stay in this town that he grew up in that he didn't like because he was stuck in this job. So it affects everything. For me, the first realization is what you already touched upon, right? By being remote, I'm able to design my own life, work mm -hmm. where I want to, when I want to, how I want to. But with the second realization, which was more powerful for me, for me personally, is that being able to access a global pool of employers, a global pool of companies, yeah. I can find the job that is aligned to my passions, that is yeah. aligned to my values, right? So suddenly I can select from a much, much larger pool of companies. And if I do so, then I'm living the life, designing the life I want to live. And yeah. I'm doing something aligned with my passion. That's got to be better. That's got to be better for yeah. my well-being. It's got to be better for my engagement. Yeah. And when I feel great, when I am engaged, I'm going to be delivering better results. So it's got to be a lot better for the company as well. Yeah. And smart companies realize that. They realize the importance of giving people that, that freedom to choose. And they're not, they can go out and choose another organization in a bank in Paris and, and get paid more. But they're going to be miserable maybe if that's not what they want. Yeah. And some people are going to love that, right? Some people yeah. are going to be super aligned with that mission, vision, culture, and they're going to be super happy there. So I think this will just reshuffle everything and people in general will be happier, more engaged, more yeah. successful. Everybody wins. And this is what I never understand when I, I get into a few heated debates on LinkedIn against the whole office versus, <laughs> versus remote. And I'm not saying that all companies should go fully remote. I'm saying a, companies should be transparent about what their remote work policy is and not and stop advertising remote jobs that are actually hybrid. And they hide it for a reason because they know it's not as attractive. And yeah. the second point is actually giving people the freedom to choose instead of, oh, you have to be in, in the office on occasion. So realizing that I can now apply for any job around the globe, that was a great realization. No, number one, was very happy to see that opportunity mm. arise. Number two, it was a little overwhelming. Suddenly, instead of just being the employers within a 30-minute commute so that I can map and get to know, there's just this ocean of companies. How do you find the right company? Very good question. One of the really good ways is LinkedIn, not just looking on LinkedIn, but LinkedIn has a very intelligent algorithm. Everything you see in your homepage, in your feed, is there because you've inputted some data or information for it to show you that. 
So one of the ways that I would say to people is have a look at the companies that you're following on your LinkedIn and do a complete audit. Take out any companies that you're no longer interested in. Unfollow anything that's not relevant or interesting to you and start following organizations that do interest you. They don't have to have any open jobs there, but you can start seeing the feed for stuff that's relevant for you. And then you'll hear about things that come up and one company will lead on to another. You can sometimes get into a bit of a rabbit hole. You might, for example, type in the words Oyster and that's an employee of record. Then they will recommend remote.com. And then that will recommend another one. And you'll start to see this, this feed of organizations that are in your sphere and in your interest that you never even heard of before just by following one that's similar. The other one that I found is before starting the search, I needed to narrow down what I'm actually interested in. I needed to figure out what industries, what types of companies, what problems do I want to contribute to? And then based on that, start narrowing down the search. That helped me a lot as well. Yep, that's one of the techniques I teach, actually. So that's really good that you've figured that out because some people, a lot of people don't and they feel like I shouldn't be too fussy. I should just go for anything. Who am I to ask for these specifics on what I need and want? And again, the comparison to relationships is if you're miserably single and you want to meet someone, do you forego the fact that you want to meet someone who's kind? You just say, I'll scrap that. I like, I don't want that anymore. <laughs> no, I'm okay with, I'm okay with mean today. Yeah, exactly. So be honest about what it is that you actually want and what's the ideal and you can set the bar high and if you find that you, nothing's coming up there then you can gradually have a look at okay maybe I'm asking for too much and you can just gradually um change the parameters of that but start off with what the absolute ideal is I want to work in a small organization they need to have at least 10 people they need to be doing good in the world whatever those requirements are for you don't be afraid to ask for them and you can go in and adjust them later on that, that's excellent. When people start going down the remote rabbit hole and, and start looking for remote work, what are some of the biggest challenges you see they have? In terms of starting a remote work life or in terms of looking for the remote job? Th those are both very interesting perspectives. <laughs> Let's start with the life part. I think the it's very difficult. I found it difficult when I first, when I first arrived in Bali, I was working remotely for an organization. So I was working... 12 p.m. to 9 p.m. this time to, to make sure that I was in line with UK hours. So trying to be okay with the fact that you're working in a tropical environment where you actually want to go out and explore was quite yeah. hard to balance sometimes. <laughs> so finding some ways in which you can organize your time and have your calendar set out. So mornings are for me, afternoons are for work or however it works for you. I guess being a bit more realistic and less naive, I was very naive that I would be sat in a hammock with a coconut, like I said, and there's more <laughs> to it than that. Like successful people don't become successful by sitting in a hammock all day. <laughs> no, you got to find your own structure. And yes. as you said, that structure has to include enjoyment as well. Because if mm -hmm. you're moving to another place because of that lifestyle and then you get stuck in a yeah. co-working space or a home office and you don't get to enjoy that, that yeah. then you're missing out on the benefits. Exactly. And I've, and I've gone through both as well. I've, I've gone through the um, playing too hard. I've gone through working too hard and then being like, well, I, I've not even seen the beach for a few weeks. What, like, well, why? So it, it takes a while and there's not necessarily anything I can say in terms of how to get that. You've got to feel it and you've got to be honest with yourself about what you want and what's realistic. Okay, so let's take the work perspective. What are some of the challenges people have 
finding remote jobs? The main challenge I come across from people is that they don't know where to find the remote job. So oftentimes people are scrolling through LinkedIn somewhat aimlessly and they don't have a strategy in place. They've not figured out what it is that they want and they're just maybe typing in project manager remote and then coming up, having to scroll through to the bottom to find that you actually have to be in the office X number of days, a week or month. And they become a bit discouraged. Oh, they, remote opportunities or work from anywhere opportunities don't actually exist. It's just, a, it's just a myth. It's just out there. There's not one in my industry. So knowing where to find them. Another one is people often say, oh, I'm not, I don't have experience in that or I, I'm, not, I, I'm not great in this field. Or, it's not for me. This remote world is for people who are really experienced. It surprised me actually because I don't know if you know this fact, but if... Women don't tick 100% of the requirements in a job ad. They typically won't apply for it. Whereas if men check off 60%, typically they will apply for it. So Yeah, I've heard that. And I fall into that box easily. Yeah. (laughs) So you will apply anyway or? I'll apply for anything, yeah. Yeah. And this is one of the many reasons for the gender pay gap is is about the the ego and and they're just going for something. That fear of rejection sometimes can be stronger. And what I found with both of my clients, male, female, is actually been when they come to me, a lot of these people are really wary about applying because they don't feel like they're strong enough, which is really sad to see because I'm like, you're great in these areas. You're a great speaker. I recommend all of them. They're not able to display or talk about their worth properly. And that's one big issue that I look at their CV and what I do is a really brash and open, honest, thinking out loud task. It can be a little bit painful sometimes to them, but I look at their CV, I say, okay, I'm going to tell you what I think as a recruiter if I didn't know you. And I scan through one, two, three seconds. I don't know what you do. Nope, next. And you're already to the bottom of the pile. (laughs) Love love it. (laughs) I feel awful, but I want them to know, like, you're not a person at this point you're a name on a piece of paper in front of someone and I might think that you're great and you've got all of these skills to offer but on paper you don't really look that great yeah how do you learn to communicate that how do you get that message across in three seconds yeah it's six seconds the average recruiter spends on on your cv yeah it's very hard to get that across and that's something I teach I don't just redo their cv I actually work with them so that they can articulate that so that when they're looking for another job in the future, they've got those tools. And it's about building that strategy rather than just going into something blindly and trying to apply and going for the numbers game. Because that can be really, that can be deadening to your soul. It's just like doing a door-to-door sales job where you just get the door thrown in your face every time. Those rejection emails just feel, they feel personal every time. Of course they do. One question around behaviors and and maybe like what remote companies are looking for. Are they looking for a particular type of person? Are they looking to see a particular set of behaviors? Yes. One is to be a digital native. That's not to say that you need to be overly technical. You need to have used tools or at least have a good knowledge of using those tools. People make the mistake, especially when they're junior in their career, thinking, okay, I'll learn these tools on the job and just say I'm a quick learner. It's not enough. You want, you've got to go that one step further and say, what are the tools likely to be used by these organizations? And that's things like Loom or Teller or Zoom or Slack. Get comfortable using the kind of tools that you'll be likely to use and get used to documenting and working in an asynchronous way, especially if you're working across the globe. And asynchronous working is really correlated to good communication skills as well. That's something else that I see littered on people's CVs without any 
depth. They say, I'm a good communicator. Like, I'm a good dancer. I'm not. Like, but I can tell you that it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so having a bit of okay, well, what makes you a good communicator? Okay. I've dealt with people from these kind of from different countries. Um, I've used Loom. I've done this. Give a bit of proof to the pudding, as it were, and actually demonstrate what makes you good at X, Y, Z and what proof you've done. Um, they're the main ones, the communication, asynchronous working, adaptability and flexibility, because a lot of the organizations that adapt a remote first culture will be forward thinking. They'll be innovative. They'll expect mm. you to be along those lines as well. I'm not saying always, you do get some old school companies that have adapted it for marketing reasons, but more often than not, the remote first organizations are more innovative and a bit more forward thinking. Thank you. Finally, we always leave our guests with a little piece of advice, a little present at the end. <laughs> so if you were to give one piece of advice to somebody who is making the move to remote, somebody who's looking for a remote job, what would your number one piece of advice be? Stop applying until you've figured out what it is that you actually want. That is an amazing way to round it up, Michelle. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise. If anybody needs any help, go check out Michelle Carlson on her webpage, on LinkedIn. And I hope to talk to you again in the future. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Michelle Carlson, the founder of Remote Rebellion, talking about how to land a remote job. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hit subscribe. My name is Kenneth Hellum and this is The Futurist Remote.